The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from places around the world today, actually. Uh, Thrilled and excited to be here with you. We're live right now. It is Thursday, the 24th of June, 2021. So we are live right now. I want to remind you that that's important for a bunch of different reasons. If you're watching us live, we're live on our homepage, autism-live.com right now. We're live on YouTube on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, We're also live on about 10 other places, but I bring up those big three for a very specific reason, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And, uh, And we'll talk about the Autism Live in a second, but those big three, if you're on those platforms, you don't have to leave there and go anyplace else to write us a message. You can write in right on Facebook, on YouTube or Twitter, and it will show up here on my screen a screen, not screen. <laughs> it is a screen today, but not not that. It'll show up here and that way you and I can have a conversation. You can have a conversation with the audience and you can have a conversation with our guest who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour um, and will be somebody you probably will want to talk to. Uh, so that's, that's what's uh, about the live. If you are watching us recorded We are a free podcast, a free download wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, we're the number one rated autism podcast worldwide, thanks to all of you. And that's because you guys have watched, you've liked, you've shared, you've talked about, you know, we don't have a marketing budget here to promote the show. Uh, There's, you know, only been a couple of times that we've eked out a little cash to do a a Facebook uh, ad, but that's pretty much it. So we count on you guys to spread the word. If you find things that you like here, if this is useful, Please do whatever you can. We're not asking for any money from you at all. That's one of the things that over the last 10 years I've been adamant about, that we don't charge you guys any money for this information that we're pumping out to you and the ability for you to ask questions of our experts, right? Um, But if it's useful to you, then please let other people know about it. You can like, you can share, you can review, you can uh, do any one of a thousand things. Uh, and so you like the camera, um, Parker, I tilted the camera just a little bit more. Uh, so it's a little more flattering, flattering on the 17 chins, uh, working on it. (laughs) So anyway, glad you're here, Parker. That's an example of how you can be writing in and have a conversation with me. We love when you guys participate. On Thursdays, one of the things that I like to remind you guys, this show is really meant for the autism community. And when I say the autism community, I'm talking about the larger autism community. And of course, that starts with individuals who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of this community. But here on this show, we not only want to include them and help to elevate their voice, but we also want to include all the people who love them. We think that that is uh, an even larger community and that we would like to spread that to be the entire world, to include the entire world. I think that that's a great, great goal. And I think together, all of us in that larger community, we're not all going to agree on everything. We're not all going to have the same tasks. We're not all going to have the same challenges, right? Because that's just the nature of this spectrum, right? But I think that we do have some things that we agree in, and that's the rights of individuals who are on the autism spectrum, the right to get the help, the support, the freedom the employment, the housing, the right to love who they love, to feel how they feel, to to voice in whatever way they have a voice, their thoughts, their feelings, their concerns for this world, and to be a part of of healing this world. We we need them. So, um, and for those of us who, like myself, love an individual on the autism spectrum and want to support 
so that just makes me emotional right out the gate. Um, how could we want to be anything else but supportive of the individuals that we love on the spectrum? But sometimes, you know, you, you're facing challenges and sometimes you don't know who to go to. So that's what this show is about, providing information and inspiration so that we can all get to that city on the hill uh, where everybody loves individuals who are on the autism spectrum and recognizes the their rights as individuals let's let's get there as quickly as we possibly can yeah uh the other thing but i like to remind you guys i'm not an expert in autism that I, I, we have experts that are on the show. I'm not one of them. I am exactly what I talked about. Someone who loves someone on the spectrum. And in fact, I love a lot of someone's on the spectrum. But that started with my son who was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. He's now 18, high school graduate, college bound. Stop. Uh, actually, don't stop. It's so luscious and wonderful. So, um, but I'm not an expert in the field of autism. I've been covering autism from a journalistic point of view you know, journalistic point of view for over 13 years. And um, so I've learned a thing or three enough to have an opinion. <laughs> I'm not an expert, informed opinion, but feel free to ask any questions at all. All right. Uh, we also like to start out Thursday with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani nani, are those experts talking about? Why do they feel the need to come up with these crazy terms? Why do they write bad definitions, right? So first we give you the actual definition. We make fun of it. Then we give you the working definition and hopefully give you an example that helps you have a kernel of understanding. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get it the first time because we cycle back through these. And I think it's an experiential thing. You got to see it in the real world and then you go, now that's that thing. That is that thing that we're talking about. Now, I love today's jargon term because I think it is like a pathway to all of us having happier, healthier, educated individuals. Errorless learning. Look at that. Uh, doesn't that sound like a great, great thing? Errorless learning. You can't get it wrong. Now, I'm a former teacher. So the first time I saw this, I was like, what are we talking about here? Uh, so let's take a look at our actual definition. See if there's anything there that we can poke some fun of. Errorless learning is an instructional design introduced by psychologist B.F. Skinner in the 1930s as part of his studies on what would make the most effective learning environment. Skinner said, errors are not necessary for learning to occur. Now, here's the thing about Skinner. If you talk to people who are in ABA, Skinner is like, ooh, he's the guy. He's the man, right? They have T-shirts that have B.F. Skinner sayings on them, B.F. Skinner, all kinds of everything. I used to think that, and B.F. Skinner wrote the book Verbal Behavior, which is the basis for all ABA. Um, I'm no longer a big fan of B.F. Skinner. Do you know why? Um, B.F. Skinner did a lot for, for science, uh, absolutely. That cannot be denied. But apparently he was one of those guys that, you know, we're finding out just had issues and go back and watch uh, Temple Grandin told a Me Too story about B.F. Skinner. So I have less respect, infinitely less respect for this, um, this dude. But there were still some things that he taught the world. And I think this is definitely one of them that you don't have to fail in order to learn. Try that on for size. Okay, now let's go to our working definition. There's not much to be made fun of here, especially the fact that Temple Grandin has a Me Too story about him. But let's go on to our working definition. It's teaching procedures that are specifically designed so that the learner does not have to and does not make mistakes as they learn new information. So I remember going to a conference probably, oh my gosh, 12, 13, maybe 14 years ago. And it was a conference for something else, but I left there inspired to do things like this. Um, and one of the things that inspired me to do that was somebody stood at the front of this big, you know, the big speaker in this big ballroom. And they said, if, if we could give you a guarantee today and say that if you worked as hard as you could for the next two years at whatever fill in the blank, something that you want to do, if you worked as hard at it as you possibly could for two years, 
and that that would guarantee you success, how hard would you work? And I remember thinking about it and being a little irked. I was like, well, wait a second, wait, this is equation. So if you, if we guaranteed you, let, you know, fill in the blank, what would you like to do? What would you like to accomplish, right? What's the most important thing to you? If you could absolutely do that and it was guaranteed that you couldn't fail, if you worked hard, how hard would you work? And I found myself asking that question over and over and over again. And they were saying, you know, the unspoken thing, which was actually spoken at the conference was that's how hard you should work. And that in life, people who are successful have found that's what works. That if you're willing to take two years and work as hard as you want at almost anything, you will find that you may not reach your ultimate goal after two years, but you will have made so much progress because what you've done is eliminated the fear of failure. If failure is not an option, like you're guaranteed that it's not going to happen, it frees you to be successful. So, and I love this about errorless learning because um, if we can take the fear of failure away from a student learning anything, uh, I have found as a teacher, as a classroom teacher, all things are possible. And um, and I've taught a wide variety of subjects um, over the years, but, um, you know, then I had a child with autism and there was a scary little moment when I wondered if my child was teachable because I was using all the techniques that I had ever learned as a teacher and as a student of life um, and as a person who'd been around kiddos a lot. And I was using all of those techniques to teach my child something. And you know, it wasn't that I had no success. It was that none of it would stick. So um, I would teach my child, you know, at a certain point he had been making progress. He could say one, two, three. Right. And we made three very exciting and reinforcing one, two, three. Right. And then it was tickles and laughs and jumps and all this other stuff. But then um, as he started to regress into autism, we wanted to teach four and I could get four on board by the end of the day. It might take me all day, but I could get him to say one, two, three, four in the beginning. But four would never stick. And he would go to bed at night and he would wake up in the morning and we would still have one, two, three, but four had not stuck. And so I got to a very scary place in my head where I asked the question out loud, is he not teachable? Worst day, right? To even think that about my child. And fortunately, I found out about good quality ABA and I learned different techniques to teach him. And one of the techniques that I learned was errorless learning. Um, that this is a step along the way because ABA says that um, what we want to do is get someone to the reward, to the reinforcer, because if we can get them quickly to the place where they get a reinforcer, then they will be willing to work harder. They will be willing to do more because they're, you know, it's that age old question, what's in it for me? And if we make there be something clear that's meaningful to the individual, they will be much more willing to put up with failure. They will be much more willing to put up with feeling uncomfortable, being frustrated, right? Because they know that they're getting to a reinforcer. So one of the things that errorless learning does is it makes it so we get immediately to the reinforcer. So I was telling a group of people the other day that in the beginning, um, one of the things that they did with my son is they did a preference assessment. They found that he liked little cars. He loved his little cars. So they would put a car on the table and they would say, touch car. And I would go, what are they doing? This is horrible. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Um, but they were saying it in that weird way to catch his attention. So because imagine for kids who don't understand language, it sounds just like the peanuts. Wah, 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 right. Everything sort of sounds the same and they can't pick any words out. So in the beginning, they're going to use this very heightened kind of weird. I don't like it, but it works. They're not going to stay doing this, but they'll go touch car so that it just it's like, oh, something different is happening here. But let's imagine that my my phone is a car, right? A little toy car. And they would say touch car. Well, my my son didn't know what touch meant and he didn't know what car meant. 
And so they could say touch car till the cow came cows came home. He didn't he didn't know to do anything. So errorless learning. They didn't put three things up here. They didn't put a water bottle, a pen, and a phone uh, to choose between. Not in the beginning. First, we're doing errorless learning. They would just put the car up there. And so they would say, touch car. And then what they would do is very gently take his hand and put his hand on the car. And they'd go, yay, touch car. And then they would do something that they would already found out my son liked. Um, like a lot of kids like tickles, not all of them. Some kids like it when you rub their head. Um, other kids like it when you clap their hands or you squeeze their shoulders or whatever, whatever the kiddo likes, then that's what we're going to do. And they don't just do one thing all the time. They'll have a repertoire of things that the kiddo likes and they'll check in to make sure that those are the things they like. It's called a preference assessment, right? But so we've eliminated, he doesn't know what touch car is, but now we say touch car and we do this and we go, yeah, good job, tickle, tickle, tickle. And he goes, okay. And we keep doing this for a period of time to really solidify when I say touch car, you do that and the party happens. Errorless learning. Now we do this with kids who are much older too and we do it when they're not on the spectrum. It, one of the big teaching techniques that came about in the last 20 years uh, that you'll see they do a lot in classrooms now, they do something called a pre-assessment. <laughs> it cracks me up. Uh, so an assessment is a test, right? And we want to teach something and then we want to see if they learned it and we give a test. But tests are very punishing, like because you get graded and what if you fail on them, right? So this, this new teaching technique is to give a pre-assessment. So we say to the students, whatever age, they could be kindergartners, they could be graduate students, graduate calculus students. And we say, hey, we're just going to give you a test to see what you know. It's not going to go in your grade. It's not going to go anything. It, there's like no way to fail this. And we give them the test. And often when people give certain pre-assessment pre tests, they'll, you know, they'll highlight what the answer is. It's a teaching technique, giving them the answers. Uh, and it works. It works. It's a great tool. Usually now people do a pre-assessment, then they teach according to what they saw in the pre-assessment, and then they do the assessment at the end, and then they reteach and do a reassessment. And that's sort of how modern teaching in the classroom goes. Every peg doesn't fit in that square hole, right? Um, and what I love about ABA is that it says, here's the toolbox. What is what does your student need? So, and almost all students in the beginning need errorless learning because we get them to the point where they know what success looks like. And when success happens, I get X. Now I want to work with you. And that's how we get kiddos who, you know, I, I people write in all the time and go, yeah, but I, my child won't sit at a table and do that. I see these videos where a child sits at the table and they go, touch car. Uh, by the way, they can do that on the floor. They can do that in the swimming pool. Errorless learning. We give them the answer and then we reward them for getting it right. And there are a whole bunch of people who go, well, that's not fair. That's not right. You're not really teaching anything. Um, yeah, except it's been shown scientifically time and time and time again to work. If it's meaningful, if the reward for learning it is meaningful, then you're going to be able to teach more. So that's what we start with. Errorless learning. I love it. Good evening, Nasser, and good evening. Good morning, excuse me, to Ray and El Renee and Elvira. So thrilled that you guys are here with us. Okay, so that's our jargon for today. Let's move on to our question for the day, shall we? Our question today is, where is your favorite place to shop? Now that the world is opening back up, it's a very interesting thing, right? A lot of us have been shopping online, but what's the store that you just were like, oh, I can't wait to go back there? And have you gone back? And and was it as great as, as you remember? I have spent the last year and a half opining about the fact that I had not been to Trader Joe's. And last week I went to Trader Joe's. And it was great. It just was not like, it, you know, there were no angels singing. And I was like, oh, it's still crowded. <laughs> and I'm not used to crowds in grocery stores. Um, good evening, Nasser. Uh, so what is your favorite place to shop? Where do you love to go? I have not yet been to a mall. 
Um, but I have been to many stores yet. I've even been to Costco. I think today I'm going to try to go to a Whole Foods market for the first time in a million years. Um, but where is your favorite place to shop? What do you, what do you love? And then tell us what is it that you love about it? Is it, I know there are some stores that I just love the smell inside of them. That's like, Oh, this is just heaven divine. Um, that they have some sort of spray in some clothing stores that just, smells so great. Um, there are other places that maybe it's the music that you hear, or maybe it's the products on the shelves or on the racks. But what is your favorite place to shop? I'll tell you one of the reasons why we ask this is because it's we're doing a preference assessment for you. Where do you like to shop? I love to reach out to companies um, and we keep threatening to have contests and things. And I want to know what would you like? So tell us where you love to shop. Um, people ask me all the time, you know, where do people in the autism community, where do they love to shop? Um, so I'm, I'm taking a poll. Where do you love to shop? All right, let's move on, um, to our topic for this week. We ended up not doing a show on Monday. We intended to do a show on Monday. Um, and our topic for this week was all about trying something new. And right now it's a very interesting thing because sometimes trying something new right now is something very very old, but that you haven't done for a year and a half. And sometimes it's doing something for the very, very first time. And both of those things have the potential to create anxiety. But I have this lovely, lovely friend that I know that the other, um, I, Renee and Elvira, I'm still using Instacart a lot for my groceries as well. Um, but I also use other apps besides Instacart for groceries. But I'm making myself go to stores um, because I'm somebody who runs a little agoraphobic. So I'm making myself get out a little bit. Um which is hard. Um, but anyway, this friend that I have last week posted something on Facebook that was about risking joy. And he said, you know, I'm sort of done with people asking me, are you happy? He said, it's such a loaded question. It's very hard. Happiness is slippery. Like it comes, there are fleeting moments of happiness, but it's really hard to be in a constant state of happiness. And if you are in a constant state of happiness, everybody around you thinks that you're completely bonkers, right? He said, so I think I'm done chasing happiness, but what about joy? He said, what I want to feel is true, true joy. And he said, as I look at my life and the moments that I felt joy, it was when I pushed myself. I did something that maybe I wasn't sure if I could do. I tried something new that I hadn't done before. I took a risk that I might fail. So on the one hand, we've talked about errorless learning where you don't fail. We've taken failure off the table uh, because the fear of failure is ginormous, right? But on the other hand, he was saying, what if we were all willing to risk joy? That when facing something really difficult, when facing something where that fear pops up and says, I don't know, I don't know if you can do that. What happens if we fail? He was saying, what if we relanguage that on our heads and say, I think it's worth risking joy in this moment. And I got to say, that just really sang to me. Um, and he was asking everybody um, who reads his post, he was like, how are you risking joy today? And for me recently, it has been that willingness to go back out to try things. I went to a birthday party the other day and we have two more birthday parties this weekend to go to. And it's a little little bit freaky for me. I don't know how you guys feel. A little freaky for me. Um, but I'm saying to myself, when the fear comes up, when the anxiety comes up, um, how would I like to risk joy today? Would I like to put myself at risk for feeling joy? Which is just flipping the script, right? Because otherwise I'm thinking about how am I risking doom, gloom, and despair? <laughs> I'm very good at answering that question, right? But if I can ask myself on the flip, how can I risk joy? Often it's this right here, trying something new, 
doing it in a different way, being willing to do something that I haven't done before. Uh, so Parker says, my favorite place to shop is restaurants like the local Mexican restaurant, but I absolutely love Olive Garden. Wish I could go there more often. I love a good Olive Garden too. Uh, and they go on to say, I'm having over 20 people at my place. I'm risking joy to do it. Good for you. I absolutely love that. Uh, and thanks Jeff for sending us Chihuahuas, um, eating popcorn. That is just cute and clever. Uh, so how are you guys trying something new? How are you risking joy? It's a question, right? Ask yourself over this long weekend um, and through the 4th of July. So uh, I mentioned that we didn't do a show on Monday and I felt really bad about the fact that we had a great guest who was uh, ready to be with us on Monday, but he agreed to be with us today. I'm talking about Alex Lynn. He is the creator of a wonderful event uh, that's called Autism Rocks. And Autism Rocks over the years has been a really inspirational event where um, performers have performed. Most years it was at the open air amphitheater at Universal Studios and um, many people on the spectrum performed and then other performers in support of individuals on the spectrum performed as well. This was something that Alex um, conceived of when he was just a teenager and something that was very near and dear to his heart. So he's here with us today to talk about how he has been throughout the pandemic. I think we had Alex on once during the pandemic, but let's check in with him, see how he's doing and see what Autism Rocks is up to, having not been able to have concerts for two years now, because they typically do them um, in the earlier part of the year around April, May, June-ish. So let's welcome Alex Lynn to the program. Alex, hello. Hi. Hi, so, how are you doing? I'm good. First of all, tell us where in the world are you right now? Because you are always someplace different. Um, I'm in Taiwan right now. Okay. I suspected that that might be the case, but one never knows with you. Sometimes yes. you're in different places. So you're in Taiwan. What time of day is it there? It's 1.20 in the morning. Okay. You and I are on such different time zones that talking with you is always super fun. It is not unusual for me to get a text from you at 4 a.m. in the morning. And yesterday, I'm sorry. I well, no. And yesterday I did the same thing to you when I asked you if you wanted to be on the show today. And I didn't hear from you. And I was like, why am I not hearing from Alex? And then I realized, oh, it's probably nighttime there. He's probably asleep. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah. we are on opposite sides of the world here, um, but in a lot of ways in the same mindset. So, Alex, how have you been? Um, it's, it's a loaded answer. Um, <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I, I've been trying to um, improve my mental health for a year and I can, I can say that I've been feeling better. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, um, Taiwan has been able to not have a, not have a lockdown until a year and a half later, which we're very lucky. So um, is there a lockdown now? Yeah, unfortunately, um, some things went out of control and it was a big shock to me because I thought the government had things under control. And I told you last time, I think last year, that we were we never had a lockdown. But now it's our first lockdown and it's been a month inside lockdown. And I already can feel that I'm starting to get very paranoid or I'm already staying at home and it's a lot of pressure. Now I get how you feel, how you, yes. how you guys feel now. It wasn't fun. It's it not fun. fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Even the months in, even the months in is terrible. Yeah. Well, and I feel, cause I, what I remember we had you on sometime, was it last summer? And you were talking about how great the government of Taiwan had been and that you stopped international travel and we were seriously circling the drain here we were in bad bad shape especially right where i'm at was ground zero we had the most cases for months of anyone in the world and you were telling us how you know it, you guys we, we were doing well and everybody was behaving responsibly whereas here we were having trouble getting people to mask um but in your area of the world it very suddenly took a turn 
in April. And um, certainly, it, you know, in India, which is not that far from where you are, things got yeah. bad and got bad quickly, right? Yeah, we're very careful about the Delta variant. Uh, the reason that it got out of control this time is because we didn't catch the British variant very well. Mm. Um, our government is doing its best. And I think that it's a miracle um, that we're, we were able to have the freedom that we had for a year and a half. Yeah. And people, um, within one month, cases have gone down from 400, 500 cases to now only 129 cases. Okay. Or sometimes cool. 78 cases. So the, it's a miracle, the miracle that we've been able to be so cooperative. Every, like every restaurant is doing only takeout now. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we have to stay home if we're not doing anything. My dad and my, my, my parents, uh, adults have to go to work. Schools are sh all shut down. I've, we have never seen this. We have never seen this before. Um, but we're getting better day by day. And um, it seems like we, I think we have two more weeks until um, July 12th is the actual date that we're hoping that we can go back to level two, where level two is when we can have outdoor events, movie theaters, and open to a certain amount of capacity and go back to some kind of normalcy. And I'm, we're waiting for that. I hope you guys get there. I mean, we, it took us a year and a half to get there, and we supposedly yeah. are there now. But I worry that we've done that a little bit too quickly. Time will tell. But, you know, we want everybody to stay well. I also, I know you posted the other day that um, our government gave the Taiwanese government a fair amount of vaccines. Is that correct? Yeah, they, they gave us 2.5 million vaccines. And we're, I'm just so thankful to the American people and um, the government for being so generous because it was, they, they just said they're going to donate 750,000 doses of Moderna vaccines. So the, the one American to another, I have to say thank you because uh, it shows our like bipartisan support on both sides, the Republican, Democratic side, and everyone in America supports this. So all of my friends support this notion. They like my post. They're very proud of that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy because we need more vaccines and we need, we need, we need to get vaccinated. Now uh, we're about 7% vaccinated now and we're starting to get people vaccinated as soon as possible. And I'm waiting to get vaccinated. My parents are waiting to get vaccinated, but like it's picking up some stream. And um, next is, and next, the next goal is to get people vaccinated and and also passed our own COVID. Taiwan also made their own COVID vaccine. Okay. Um, because of the political pressure from China. And um, yeah, we're excited for that. I'm excited for that because it's the mDNA vaccine, it's not mRNA, so the less side effects. And um, I'm currently working on a lot of stuff with um, Autism Speaks and I'm preparing I'm preparing to prepare for next year's concert. Okay. Uh, with Peggy, my producer. Okay. Uh, and um, I'm working with Autism Speaks on a walk event. Um, like they have every year. I'm a part of the committee, so I'm planning it with them. And I'm a big part in planning um, this walk. Is this a, a walk in Taiwan or a walk in the United States? Oh, no, a walk in Los Angeles. A walk in Los Angeles. So you're working on the Los Angeles Autism Speaks walk. Yes. Uh, oh. It was Tamara, uh, who's in charge of, I don't know who, I don't, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's yeah. in charge of the walk. Well, that's and cool, Alex. Yeah, I, I, I um, enjoy, I've been uh, Zooming with her every once a month to see what's going on. We haven't decided on a date yet. Uh, it was going to be in a Rose Bowl, but we're not sure about it yet. But probably going to be in Dodger Stadium. Um, probably going to be happening around December. Wow, um, so I not which the April, I, April event. No. Um, 
it's interesting to work with autism speaks for the first time and is yeah. uh, to really work with them is an honor and opportunity to make it better and to make them more to have someone really on the spectrum to really work with them is really important i think well one of the big criticisms that they get is that they don't have enough voices of people actually on the spectrum and so how are you finding it being one of those voices for them alex I think it's really important and I feel like I am heard and that they treat me equally. And I feel like that is very, that's good and better because a lot of kids, like, like you said, there's a lot of criticism, not only from people like me, but there's also people like in my concert that I've talked about, oh, there's not enough people in the autism speaks that actually have autism. The money is not allocated to the right funds. But yeah, I feel, I'm like, it's a very great honor to work with them. And it feels great because I'm doing, at least I'm doing something, but. I love that. So now you weren't able to do Autism Rocks for the last two years because of COVID. Are you thinking of pairing with Autism Speaks to do Autism Rocks as part of the walk or is it totally separate? It's totally separate. Okay. So what's happening with, are you planning a concert for 2022? Not yet. We're okay. not. We're we're not. We're not there yet. But we're planning to have it. Um, I mean, I think that um, next year I'll be probably be able to go to America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I mean, travel's got to have been. You normally are all over the place. You're here in LA. You're in Taiwan, and then you go to college. And what country are you going to college in? In Tokyo. Tokyo. So you're very much the world traveler. Um, but you haven't been able to travel for the last year and a half, correct? Two years. Two years. Two years now. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. I know. So that's got to get in place in order for you to actually do the concert because you need you need to be here, right? Yeah, I got to be there if I actually want to do a concert, yes. Yeah, Okay. Well, I can't wait until you have that. What do we need to know in the meantime? Um, that we're working very hard to, um, I got the website up and running. Um, it expired and I got it back up and running. So if you want to donate to autismrocksevents.org, you're, you're welcome to donate. And um, we are tr- if you want to, if you have any ideas of anything, you can just message us on Facebook or through the message message part of the website. Um, you can give us some suggestions. That'll be great. Great. Um, yeah, but we're, we're working hard to plan the concert. It, you know, it's, it's crazy because I remember talking to you last year on Zoom, and it's been it's been a year. Yeah. It's been a year since it's been a year and two months since we talked. It's crazy. I feel a little like Rip Van Winkle, Alex. That I know that a year has passed, but sometimes my when I'm out now doing things, my head doesn't accept that. Um, it's like wait, they they changed that building. I, I that that building was just there last week, and then somebody points out to me that it was torn down a year ago, and I just missed it. Do you feel? Like like you just lost a year, or were you busy working on things and you don't think you lost a year? I mean, I took a gap semester. Um, I took a gap. I took a gap semester. Um, a lot of things happened to me. I took a gap semester. I came out, um, and I'm very. I mean, about this time of the year and. Um, my mom almost, um, thank God, she, nothing happened to her, but she had a blood clot last year around this time. And um, she um, almost died of that. And that was mm-hmm. very scary. And uh, thank I'm God she was okay. Said, yeah. yeah, we caught it on time. We caught it on time. And, and your mom fine. is a lovely woman, Alex. Yeah, she is, she is an amazing woman. And I love her so much. We're, supporting me and being there for me for a long time. And yeah, I also uh, have a boyfriend now, so it's amazing. I don't know how Uh, you did that in COVID, but good for you. (laughs) 
Oh, I I I I I met um he goes to university in Taiwan. He graduated and um I met him oh, through dating man. apps. No, he no 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 he's younger than me, but I took a gap semester, that's why Ah, okay. He's younger okay. than me. But he graduated already and I'm graduating next semester for um from my school and I'm back at school already. I'm ending my semester in about a month's time or a few weeks, three weeks. And um, yeah, we're almost coming to an end of the semester and hopefully I'll not have to go back to Japan in the fall because I don't want, I really don't want to go through quarantine yeah. and getting an apartment. And because my apartment, I ha I'll, 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 I had to ask a friend to move all my stuff from my apartment back to Taiwan. Wow. And then now they have to ask because I don't have any place to live. I have to rent a place for four months, but I don't think that they do that in Japan because they are they want either one or two years for from yeah. you if you want to rent an apartment. And I can't do that because I'm not gonna be there any. I'm, I'm not gonna be there very like for a long time. Just four months, and I'm gonna graduate, and then that's it. And then yeah it's a lot and what will your degree be in alex um it's very weird but they call it it'll be called like international liberal studies and um it's the, the very if if a school if the school division rather than a specific degree which is very confusing to me but i was so glad i picked i i decided to choose japan in the end for my university because I get to go back here and I didn't, I was never in shutdown before this yeah. for a whole year and a half, which is very lucky. Yeah. And I didn't have to do classes during middle, the middle of the night in Taiwan. Yeah. That, yeah. I heard, I heard my friends had to suffer a lot from them. So I'm, I feel lucky and I felt like um, I'm able to be with my closer to my parents and my family yeah. here. So it's nice. But yeah, what I'm waiting for right now is to watch, to actually be able to freely go, freely go out and um, hang out with my friend, my boyfriend, and hopefully, like, I can I can see other people. Um, We're gonna in hope person. To get that soon, Alex. I hope so. Yeah, really I hope so. Me. I mean, we're we're getting better. We're almost there. I think we're almost there, and I hope that in two in two weeks and. July 12th, so we can be free. Yeah. And we can be able to go out. And we, we can't go out now, but like they recommend you not to because yeah. you know you have to wear a mask the whole time and you have to like and even in the car. It's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. They're, they're, I wonder why in the car. Do they think that it's coming through the filter in the car? They they say that if it's two people or more in the car and you ah. step out of the it, 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 even that counts as going out and they'll find they'll find you if they don't if they don't see you wearing a mask if there's two people in the car they're not wearing a mask to be fined a lot of money all right and they're, they're they're really strict about masking and two or more if you have two people in the car you have to wear a mask two people okay. or above all right but and if you're in the car alone you don't have to no okay. uh it's recommended but you don't have to Okay. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been very, very careful and I've been wiping down my door handles and everything yeah. for um, every day since um, May 15th and um, till now, which is, ho which is horrible because it's like another thing you have to do after doing my homework yeah. and then my midterm, which I got 98 by the way, which was great. I know. It's very exciting. I love I, I, I love this technology that I feel like you're in the next room and we're having this conversation, but it's literally like a, a, all the way around the world. Um, I, I love that we're at the point that we can do this. And I shouldn't have said anything because now I'm jinxing it and our connection is going to go. But Alex, let's pause for somebody wrote it in and said, wow, your life is so amazing. And that is true. The first time I met you, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. You were like 16. Is that true? Or 17. You were 
17 and you were just starting Autism Rocks as a high school student. Now you're getting ready to graduate from college. You've come out, you're, you're in a relationship. I'm just so proud of you of all the things that you've done. Tell us like what, what's next for Alex? What, what is it you want to do with this degree? Are you going to go on to get a graduate degree? Are you going to start a business or what's happened? What's the plan for Alex Lynn? Right now, I just, I try not to think about like my future because I want to live in the moment. And um, uh, Renee, uh, mm-hmm. I got to say Taiwan is hot every day. It's hot as hell here. It's about Renee like, just said that she's suffering in the the California heat, but oh, we we we're, we're suffering from the heat here too every day, and we had to wear face masks, so it's even more painful. It's yeah, it's hard. I find that I I'm know. sweating more when I have because I'm out now, but I'm wearing masks out, and I Great. makes Important. me sweat. Um, it's a sweaty thing. I didn't realize how much heat I carry right here. Like, who knew? Um, but it's been hot here. Like, what are the temperatures in Taiwan? What's the high? Mm, 34 degrees Celsius. Oh, I don't know how much of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the math on that um, because we never did the math on that. I'm too old. Uh, is that like 100? 93. 93, okay. I it's just looked over, it up. It's been over 100 here for- Oh, wow. Days. It's been hot, hot, hot. Um, yeah, my 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 cousin actually left to left to LA, and he um he he uh, he 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 went to LA and got vaccinated just like two months ago. He left, and um, he got vaccinated, and I'm I'm jealous because he's vaccinated in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. If uh like we we have about five million vaccines in total right now, thanks to America and Japan donated one point two three million vaccines. And I, I'm so shocked, you know, America donated so much because um, a lot of people always say Joe Biden is very pro-China, whatever like that. But I think he's, he's a good man. Joe Biden is a good man. He supports our democracy. He supports all democracies around the world. And his, and without these, these vaccines, we wouldn't, our, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the, you know, we, 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 it was a breath of fresh air. When I heard the news last Friday, I felt so relieved. We were so everyone in Taiwan were celebrating in their houses. Oh, I love uh, it. I saw your had, post. I saw your post, and you were very yeah. excited about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't yeah. have known about it. It it didn't make the news that I watch here that we had uh, donated those to Taiwan. So yeah. I would not have known had you not said something. So I'm glad. To yeah, know. yeah, and actually, it was shocking because I was in the house and reading my iPhone and then routers came, the, the, the embassy in Taiwan sent out a routers article. Routers, routers released this article and the exclusive America triple the donation. I'm like, that's, that can't be. If they said they're going to donate 750,000, not 2.5 million, but yeah. I guess it's 2.5 million and it's amazing. And, um, we have Moderna vaccines coming in in batches, mm-hmm. like like small batches, like 25, 210,000, They're coming in small batches, just yeah. slowly, and just to see that um, people are getting vaccinated and people are actually, and and the Taiwanese vaccines is coming. It's very also very exciting to me because. It really shows that Taiwan has the capacity to make these vaccines, even though we're a very unknown country and we're not a part of the WHO. And um, it's amazing to see that happening. And I also have to tell you, I did work in an autism foundation for um, from October to January of this year. What foundation? Uh, the Foundation for Autistic Adults and Children in Taiwan. And they were actually the first foundation that I worked with in my event in Taiwan. I think I told you about them before. The very, very first event that I was ever a part of in my school, I I, I worked with them. And amazing. I thought, thought it, was, uh, it was amazing to work with the first charity I ever worked with. 
kind of a full uh, circle moment. A full circle moment, yeah. The CEO also, he, he remembers me very well. He's like, you're the person that gave us a check of like 1,000 US dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's me. How about that? And you gave that speech on YouTube, which you guys can look up on the channel, by the way. Okay. Um, it captured, I posted everything on camera. Yes. They're wanting to know why Why is the U.S. sending it to other countries? Is it because not so many Americans are taking it um, and it's about to expire, the vaccine? Um, I, I think that it's a good question. I think it's a valid question. I know that yeah. one of the things that in uh, they were having to order vaccines from companies, um, not knowing who was going to be able to provide, um, that, you know, at one point, I know at one point the United States ordered a bunch of the AstraZeneca vaccine and then it has not been approved by the FDA yet. And so they gave most of the AstraZeneca vaccine that they ordered away. I don't know whether they gave it to, I, I don't remember which country it was, but for you guys, for Taiwan, it was the Moderna, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we only have two options so far in Taiwan. It's either Moderna or AstraZeneca. Uh -huh. And then uh, this Medigen, Gaoduan, Gaoduan Medigen. And uh, I'll send you a link to, to, the, to the CNN interview. But we made our own vaccines too, like Cuba did and Korea mm -hmm. and Vietnam. We're making our own vaccines uh, with Medigen and this Linya, Linya is the fourth vaccine. So hopefully all of them will come through and all of us can get the vaccines. And I think um, to answer Vera's question, a, a lot of people are talking about this and saying, why, why would we give vaccine away? First of all, it's goodwill. You can see that um, in good relations that for Alex and his, you know, talking about what it was like in Taiwan when they announced it, people partying in their houses and saying, you know, thank you to the United States. That's good relations for the U.S. But it also is very self-serving, you guys. If, if only right now in the United States, there are uh, more people are vaccinated than any place else. And for the world to truly reopen, they're wanting to get to herd immunity and they need to get to her, herd immunity. Whether you agree with it or not, this is the modality of what they're trying to do. And, yeah. and if the world doesn't have access to vaccines, um, it, it truly is one of those moments where if we say, oh, we're not going to give it to that country, then we will keep fighting variants forever. And our, yeah. everything that, you know, people care about here in the U.S. will have a hard time succeeding. The economy, having the ability to go out, all depends on the world being okay. Yeah, um, it's all about diplomacy and like the Chinese I think also they're doing this also because the Chinese government have also tried to do some vaccine diplomacy, but it hasn't really worked because a lot of people still get COVID even though they're vaccinated by the Sinovac vaccines from China and mm -hmm. people think it's defective. And that is the reason why America giving out the vaccine is more helpful because it's proven to be more efficient yeah. compared to the, Ch the, the Chinese vaccines. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're, we we have inner like we have like inner conflicts in Taiwan over this, but it's illegal to bring in Chinese, the Chinese vaccines to Taiwan because they're not tested well. Okay. But whereas our our vaccines and Moderna is good enough for us. We're talking a lot of very politically charged things today, aren't we? I want to kind of get back because people are watching you, Alex, and I know it's occurring to them. They're like, boy, you know. Alex doesn't seem to have any challenges. Alex is an individual on the spectrum. Like I'm not seeing it. What, talk to us a little bit about, first of all, when were you diagnosed? And let's talk about some of the challenges that you had when you were younger and, and what still is challenging for you now. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I got diagnosed when, I, when I'm 15. Um, Knowing or not knowing when someone can talk is a big challenge for me. And usually I tell my best friends to tell me, okay, if you can't talk right now, just message me you can't talk. Like don't like hide it. Don't like put it under the table because it's going to make it worse. Tell me about who, who 
if you're bothered by me, just say that you can't you can't do it. Like a friend today told me like, I'm I'm busy. I have to I have to do something. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And then some some are afraid to offend me and make me feel bad. But no, this is communication. This yeah. is communication. Very important. I mean, over the last year or so, I offended a couple of people. Um, it's like I annoyed them and I called them multiple times. And then I think we have miscommunicated and then they hate me now. And then. Well, I, here's the thing. You know, that's this all comes under the heading of social skills. And, and, and I just yeah. want to say this to, to you, Alex. Like, just like autism is a spectrum, being annoyed with people is a spectrum too. And, and let me just tell you that if I had to say, one of your best features, Alex, it is that you are a person who doesn't give up. You, I was telling the other day, I said, Alex Lynn is that thing that Nancy always talks about that in order to be successful, Nancy Allspot Jackson says, you got to be a dog on a pork chop, which means you're not giving up for anything. And I will tell you, and I mean this as a compliment, you are like a dog with a pork chop. You, <laughs> you don't Thank give you. up for anything. And it's a great, great compliment, but it's going to ruffle some people's feathers. And some people are going to say, well, that's too much. And I love that you're being clear with people and say, tell me when it's too much. But every yeah. successful business person, salesperson, you know, influencer has had that aspect in them, Alex. So I don't, you know, I understand that socially it could be something that could make things challenging, but... I, I think it's more of a plus for you than a challenge. But being diagnosed at 15, that tells all of us something because you were already very verbal. You didn't have a problem with the ability to speak. Is that correct? Yeah, I could talk very, very articulately. So when you were diagnosed, were you diagnosed with Asperger's or was it after the DSM-5 and you were diagnosed with autism level 1-1? It was way before the DSM-5 and I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. Okay. So are you aware of this whole big controversy right now with Elon Musk that he was on Saturday Night Live and he said that he was the first person to host Saturday Night Live that was um on the spectrum that he has asperger's and then everybody has been saying about how well a bunch of people said well asperger's doesn't exist anymore because the diagnosis doesn't exist anymore and that people are having this big argument about should they call it asperger's again or should they call it um ASD. level one asd level one what do you think because this affects you i think they're the same and how do you identify when you talk to people? What do you say when you I say? say I say they have Asperger's okay. and, and, or I say I have autism spectrum disorder. That's what I tell them. There you go. And yeah, and, and, and you know, being a bi, you know, being a bisexual man who has autism is a, there's a lot of challenge. It, it's a big challenge. And we talked about this about a few years ago. Yeah. I remember I, I told you how I was like this. And um, Joanne was there too, which was, yeah. was very um, heartwarming and sad to think about it right now because she's gone from us, yes. taken away from us. And um, God, I miss, I miss she her. She was proud of you, Alex. She was so proud of you. And I know and celebrated you. We're talking about, of course, Joanne Laura, who passed away about a year ago, our dear, dear friend. But she was proud of you friend. and I'm proud of you. you. You've done amazing things. Vera has written in and said, I have a 30 year old son diagnosed with Asperger's. How was getting housing for you? And she says here in Hawaii, we have limited support. Your uh, hope for the young adult on the spectrum, you are hope for young, on the, uh, young adult on the spectrum and thank you for sharing. Uh, Thank was it you. Hard, has it been hard for you when you've needed to get housing? Have you ever had to get housing that wasn't to do with school? Have you ever had an apartment that wasn't because you were going to school? No, I rented an apartment. When I first went to school in Japan, I rented an apartment with a two-year contract. Mm -hmm. And living alone wasn't a problem. But trying to live with myself is a problem. 
Mm. You know the difference. What do you mean by because that? Like, no, tell me. Like I would have panic attacks. Um, I felt I felt alone, and sometimes I'll switch it up by help, like having breakfast breakfast or lunch with my friend like outside in the restaurant like every week to make me to make me feel less lonely and um and i was like oh, i have a very bad sleeping pattern and stuff you uh, wanted you get, to some, get some support for living alone yeah my, like my friends supported me i had friends that supported me that hung up with me um you know, one time there was an election last year in Taiwan, the presidential election. Um, tai Ing-wen versus Han Guo-yu. And trust me, this Han Guo-yu guy, is, he's really, he's, he is copying Trump, which, which is the, the biggest problem, which is the reason why I voted for Biden, because, because I don't like Trump. So you, well, you, so you vote in the U.S., or do you vote I in vote- places? I voted no. I I I only can I only can vote in the U.S. So I voted for Biden. For, I voted for the first time ever in my life, and I voted for Biden. And I was right to vote for Biden because he's against what China is doing right now to the to Taiwan and Hong Kong. You need your own Xinjiang. political show, young man. Um, you need your own political <laughs> show. We try to stay uh, apolitical here because we have we have people with that are on the spectrum and have kids on the spectrum that are on both sides of the aisle. So uh, while I would love to have this talk with you in private, I don't, I, you know, uh, you should have your own political show uh, is what you should do. That would be fascinating, Alex, uh, to have, you know, and have an all, a panel of all individuals who are on the autism spectrum talking about politics. I would tune into that on a daily basis. I would yeah. I mean, like, that would be so interesting to, to see Wouldn't all it? their perspectives. Yeah. Alex, I'm telling you, it's a thing. Unfortunately, we're out of time, though, my friend. And this has been deeply, deeply oh, I know. But I we want to remind everybody that Autism Rocks is still a thing. And that if you want to contact Alex or if you want to make a donation or if you just want to stay tuned to when the next concert is happening, um, because I'm fairly confident that when you do the next concert, you will live stream it so that the people who don't have want to watch it don't have to be in LA. So in the chat, um, Traven, our producer has put um, the links, but you can go to autismrocksevents.org or you can go to facebook.com slash autismrocksevents. And Traven's got it right there for you guys on the screen for those of us that that are, you are watching live. Um, But Alex, please give my best to your parents. And it was lovely to see you and get a chance to chat with you. And I look forward to a time when we're both on the same uh, quarter of the planet. Oh God. Yes. I wish I can go. I really wish I can go back to, to, to America because of, the new the new Avengers land that they opened and and the new Star Wars land that they opened. I never got we, to go. I we never went got to them to go. the other day. I can give you the skinny on the whole situation. Uh, we went to them the other day, and and so I've I've seen it all in the last week and a half. Uh, Avengers land. Yes, I I got into the Avengers campus. Uh, did not I don't ride rides. I get sick on the tram. Uh, but you'll come. You'll see it. Uh, I think you'll be very excited. I, I'm very, I, I'm very excited seeing other people being so excited about it. Yeah, it was so hot, um, and it was there were so many people. It was the last day before California reopened. There were so many people. You had to wait in line to get into the gift shop, Alex. Um, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that showed me how much people. Wait, I gotta tell you one thing. I, I did. I, I, I might not have shared this with you, but I did write a script. You did about I wrote an eighty-eight page script two years ago about an autism superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh, and well, it's eighty-eight pages long. All right, you, you need to get that to somebody, my friend. They they keep coming out with Marvel things. I don't know why they wouldn't have your script. So I got to go, but uh, we just adore you, Alex. I am so proud of you. And I know Joanne is looking down and smiling at you and your entrepreneurial soul. Uh, (laughs) She just (laughs) loved that. Uh, But please give our best to everybody and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. 
Okay, thank you so much, uh, uh, Shannon. I hope you can send a clip so I can post it on my YouTube channel. Trading will send you a clip. Okay, okay he'll great. send you a link. He'll send you a link to put on your channel that you can embed. Okay, okay? definitely. Yeah. All right, much love. Mwah. And uh, I'm going to say to everybody, we're over time and I got to go, but we'll be back tomorrow with a live show. Let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy. And we've got research, uh, live research topics. It sounds dry, but it won't be. Plus we'll cover in the news, things that make my head and Nancy's head come off and fly around the room. Uh, you don't want to miss it. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.